They are delicious, especially warm. Mm. I'm in because nothing welcomes you into someone's home like a cup of tea. Um, so it's like a literal rainbow when you look across the shelves. Hi there, and welcome to the Loving Welsh Food podcast with me, Sean Roberts. Today, I'm going to be finding out about two very well-known Welsh treats, Welsh cakes and barabrith, which is a kind of fruitcake. I'm going to be chatting to a friend of the podcast, Neris, about the recipes, their stories and comparing notes. Plus, I'll be talking to Georgia from Bird and Blend about the amazing world of tea. Welsh cakes are probably the most well-known recipe from Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a Welsh cake? What's special about a Welsh cake? Well, uh, what's special is that it's cooked on a bake stone more than anything else. Um, you make a dough um, with flour, butter, sugar, you know, a bit of spice, add some fruit, dried fruit, currants or sultanas, and then bind it all with an egg or, and a bit of milk, roll it out, cut it out and put it and bake it on a bake stone, which is what we used to do a lot of our cooking, you know, over an open fire. That's why pancakes are so, are so popular. And then there's another one, bara plank. But plank is the Welsh word, one Welsh word for bake stone. Um, so, um, yeah, and then you just flip flip them over. They need to be cooked on the outside, but slightly moist in the middle, really. You don't want to cook the, overcook them. Now, we have made Welsh cakes all, all over the world, haven't we, <laughs> yes, lots of them. Yes, yeah. and we've also tried to get other people to make Welsh cakes, and I do remember one occasion, in fact, it was in London, not uh, and actually abroad, where they baked the Welsh cakes in the oven. Yeah, so they were like work. biscuits. Yeah, they're not it's Welsh totally cakes. totally different, mm. you know. You have to make Welsh cakes by hand. And I know there's, there's a company in Pembrokeshire, you know, Tanacastell. They still, they have to have these huge griddles. Mm. They still make it by hand. There is no easy way of making a Welsh cake. And it is um, labour-intensive. Mm. Uh, because somebody has to stand there flip, flipping yeah. them over. But they are delicious, especially warm. Well, and we've, we've made them in exhibitions, whatever, and it's just yeah. that um, aroma, isn't it, yeah. of the Welsh cakes cooking that brings people. And, and people will come up and tell you stories about my, my mamgi or my nan or my yeah. grandma's recipe. And there's a bit of kind of rivalry, isn't it, about which, which, is. which recipe is best. Yeah, there is. And, and people use different types different types of fat so you can use just butter you can use just lard you can use margarine just lard well yeah but some people do um or a mixture of lard and Mm. and butter um i have to say go full butter you know yeah i'm a bit go full butter as well because i think you get that lovely buttery taste especially salted welsh Mm. butter and it you know and affects the crumb as well i think yeah Definitely. Okay, so we go to Fabulous Welsh Cakes, yeah. uh, where she makes traditional recipes. I mean, Joe is a friend of ours. Uh, she makes traditional recipes and two flavours a day, and she gets quite a bit of stick about, <laughs> you can't put chocolate in a Welsh cake or whatever. How do you feel about flavoured Welsh cakes? I think we need to move on with Welsh cuisine. So I think we need to play about with it and, yes, stick with the traditional but, you know, why not? You know, my children don't like dried fruit, which is why I started making Welsh cakes with chocolate and a bit of orange. And they are just as delicious, just not the traditional Welsh cakes. So I'm, I'm happy to play back with, with, with recipes so that we can develop them into maybe more modern cuisine. Yeah, I think a bit of both is good. I mean, I yeah. think in the shop, in Fabulous Welsh Cakes, traditional are the best sellers. Yeah. You do get people, the purists. I love the fact that Joe also makes wolf cakes. So they're shaped like a bone and they're very little sugar because people in Cardiff Bay wanted to give them to their dogs when they go for a walk. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. (laughs) 
time for some tasting now, the return of the international tasting team, Caroline from Wales, Bianca from Brazil and Rania from Libya. We're in Cardiff from Vale College. I have my team of tasting, my international tasting team, and we're going to start with a Welsh cake. So you are Welsh? Yes, I am. Okay, so um, you're going to try the traditional first. Uh, are you familiar with Welsh cakes? Oh, yeah, very familiar. Yeah. You're a big fan? I've had quite a lot in my time. <laughs> right, okay, so these are fabulous Welsh cakes. That's the name of the shop. Okay, tell me what you think for the traditional. I'm going to record you eating it. Okay. <laughs> Pressure. Mm, nice. Um, the only thing missing is the butter. So, oh, you put butter on the top. Absolutely. Okay. You need you need the butter on the top. Can you try the next one? This is a flavored one. This is a Christmas one. So, first of all, do you agree with flavored Welsh cakes? It's a bit unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll I'll see if I approve when I try it. Oh, no. Mm, Mine blasty vel mince pie. Adwin liquor mince pies. It tastes a lot like a mince pie. And I love mince pies, so I prefer it to the original. Yeah. Very unorthodox. <laughs> Dare I say it. <laughs> okay, Bianca, how are we doing with the Welsh cake? Um cakey. I'm going to bow. Very good. Marvellous. An impression of wholesomeness and a comforting feeling. Very good. Muito bem estar. É muito bom. The second also good, but I prefer the first one. Uh, so one of the key ingredients is butter. Can you taste the Welsh butter in the cake? Yes, yes. Uh, very good. <laughs> okay, Rania, your turn. So you've had one before. So Rania, tell me first of all where you're from. Yes, uh, and uh, from uh, Libya, uh, Arabic. Assalamu alaikum. I like them both and think they're very good for people on a diet as there's very little sugar in the cake. What exactly is barabrith? Well, the literal translation means speckled bread, doesn't it? Um, and there are two recipes, I suppose. I think that, I think do think the traditional one is the bread version, the easted version, where possibly, you know, they had, you know, they used to have um, an oven, didn't they, at the end of the street, a sort of a communal oven, there's still one in St. Fagans, um, and then they make the bread, everybody take the dough there to to prove and to uh, to bake, and then if there's any dough left over, they'd add a you know, handful of dried fruit to whatever, um, Gosh, and I that, didn't know that. Yeah, and and then um, and in North Wales that is still the case. They still see Barabreath as the Easted version, very much so. In South Wales, not so much so. So what we do here is we soak the dried fruit in tea overnight, add a bit of sugar, and then we just add a bit of spice and uh, one egg to a loaf, so it hasn't got no fat in it at all, uh, and some flour. No fat in Barabreath. No, I put butter in mine. In, to make the mixture, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so by breaking a law, <laughs> I don't and I put butter on it. <laughs> oh well, that's where the butter comes in. Okay. So you slice it yeah. and you put the butter mm -hmm. in. Now, and I played about with that recipe as well. Actually, um, I like to soak the fruit in half orange juice and half tea. Ooh, okay. Add the zest of an orange, um, and then my mother used to add a spoonful of marmalade into the mixture. Yeah, I put marmalade in mine. Oh, mm -hmm. there we are. 
Um, and then she also used to glaze it with a bit of a melted honey on top. So, mm -hmm. so it's got a sort of a lovely shiny glaze, but it's delicious. What about the recipe that we used to make, uh, the bread and butter pudding and the orange liqueur? Do you remember that one? Oh, the Dancy Jones liqueur. Ah, was it? Yes. Okay, so yes. you just make a. So you'd make a normal um, barabrith, uh, bread and butter pudding. So you'd slice the bar, uh, the the, the barabrith, and you'd butter it, and then you do your egg custard, and then. But oh no, we just to soak. Did we? Oh, then no. When we added the the Dandy Jones, I think, to the custard, and then pour that over. Or did we soak the bread in it? I can't remember. Neither can I. There we are. <laughs> um, okay, Diane. Uh, okay, question. So my mum used to think that you have to have thin slices of barabrith because it's not very posh if you have oh. thick ones. I have to say I'm a bit of a thick one, mm. as in thick barabrith. What would you say, thick or thin? <laughs> I'm going to go middle. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I don't like chunky pieces and I don't like thin pieces. You okay. need to be able to sink your teeth into it, really. With a cup of tea. Yes. Panada dear, panada dear. There is nothing better than a cup of tea or pane de as we say in Wales. I'm here in Castle Arcade in Cardiff in Burden Blend, and Georgia's going to tell me all about the teas that they offer here and a little bit about the store. Georgia, thanks very much for joining me. First of all, tell me about the teas. So, at Burden Blend, we offer over 100 different blends of loose leaf tea. Um, we also have some of our best sellers in tea bags, um, and we're basically a company that inspires. Um, happiness with our tea and like reimagining tea is a really fun trendy thing um that isn't just your boring standard throw a tea bag in kind of cuppa i was going to say it's definitely not the place you come for an ordinary cup of tea uh, tell me a little bit about the store then bird and blend Amazing. So um, Bird and Blend itself was founded 10 years ago um, in Brighton by best friends Mike and Chrissy. Um, they met at university and when they went travelling to Canada, um, they discovered that in Canada and North America, they have all of these really cool like tea stores that was really missing in British culture. Um, considering that we're historically a nation of tea lovers, we don't have anything that's fun and exciting about tea. Um, so when they came back to the UK, they bought this idea with them um, and they scribbled basically their ideas for this company on the back of a napkin, um, bought that napkin with them and founded Bird and Blend in 2012. Um, it originally started in Chrissy's mum's um, back bedroom, um, which I'm sure was much to her mum's delight, running a company out of the back bedroom. Um, but it slowly kind of started growing, building momentum, building a fan base um, and after a few successful rounds of crowdfunding, 10 years later, we have 14 stores um, around the UK. Um, but this store is our only Welsh store, uh, which as far as I'm concerned, makes us the best store, um, quite naturally. <laughs> um, but we are home to the Welsh Cake Kutch, um, which is our signature store blend that you can only buy in the Cardiff shop. Um, and we've been here since 2019 and hopefully for a long time coming as well. So I have a cup here of the Welsh Cake Kutch. So when we come on our tours here, uh, we get a few tastings and we also have the Welsh Cake Kutch. So while I'm sipping this, tell me really what is uh, special about the Welsh Cake Kutch and why it's your signature tea. First of all, I'm going to explain to people who might not know what a kutch is. So kutch is the Welsh word for a hug and also a little room under the stairs. But this is basically a hug in a cup. So tell me about it. So Welsh Cake Kutch um, was made in consultation with the store team that we have here um, with Chrissy, who is our chief mixologist. Um, and it is a rooibos-based blend, um, which is, some people call it redbush, um, but it's a South African herb that is naturally caffeine-free. Um, so you have a really great sort of like wholesome brew that you can have right before bed that's like a hug in a mug. 
Um, you've also got Shazandra berries in there, which are a Siberian current. Um, and supposedly, according to Siberian folklore, they're meant to make you live forever. However, I am still aging, so I feel like that might not be true. <laughs> well, I've had a few, and I'm still aging quite dramatically, so we'll have to kind of maybe come back in 10 years' time and see how we're doing. Tell me really about the, the store itself, because it's beautiful. Thank you. I've tried very hard to make it beautiful, um, but we're a big kind of open, friendly space. Um, across the company, Bird and Blend is very famed for its really great customer service, and it's something that all of our team mixologists in store really uphold and are really proud of. Um, so you can expect a very, very warm welcome and to basically be offered tea straight away um, because nothing welcomes you into someone's home like a cup of tea. And we like to consider our store our home, and we're welcoming you to that. I mean, I love the, the different teas that look to me like a sweet shop. Tell me about the colours... Yeah, it is very much like a sweet shop. Um, so we have our big tea wall, which has all of our hundred blends on there. Um, and the tins themselves are color coded. Um, so they're really fun. They're really bright silver tins, very retro kind of looking, just like a sweet shop, like you said. Um, but they're color coded. So your black tea is going to have a black label. Green tea would have a green label. Um, things like our rooibos or our red bush will have a red label. Um, orange label is going to be our fruity teas. Um, pink labels will be our herbal ones. Um, white labels will be our white teas. Um, and then oolong, which is a really brilliant Taiwanese sort of blend, is a baby blue. And then yerba mate is a yellow. Um, so it's like a literal rainbow when you look across the shelves, which is really lovely. And all of our kind of packaging reflects those colors. So everywhere you look in the store is like a rainbow. So you come in, you can have a cup of tea, you can sit down. Tell me a little bit about the experience. So you can, first of all, have a really good smell of all of the teas. Um, if you want to, we will bring that entire wall of tea down for you to smell every single one of them. It might take us a while, but we'll get there. Um, if there's any of those you want to like taste, um, we do have a little seating area in the back of the store, which is where we are now. Um, and you can literally sit in with your cup of tea. And we have board games from one of the stores down the road, Rules of Play, um, which we kind of like support each other. So I, they're my board games, but I let all the customers use them because otherwise I'll be sitting at home by myself with a stack of board games. Um, so sometimes it's really nice and you can like play with us. If you don't have anyone to play with, we'll play a game of chess with you. Um, and we're basically really good for a good friendly chat. It's a really nice safe space for people to come, just vent, relax and just have a nice time and a cup of tea, which I think we all need from time to time, especially right now. Tell me a little bit about the sustainable uh, side of things, which is really important to me, obviously, to the company, but also to you. Yeah, so Bird and Blend um, at the end of last year was um, certified as being a B Corp. Um, so we're completely carbon neutral. Um, our big warehouse in Worthing, which is just next to Brighton, is completely run off the back of solar power now, which is really, really cool. Um, we're also aiming to kind of like gravitate our customers away from tea bags and more towards like zero waste sort of lifestyles in terms of loose leaf tea. Because um, even though our tea bags are completely biodegradable, um, there is still some element of like carbon impact that involves in the production of those. Um, and loose leaf just mitigates that entirely. So you completely skip the step and you become super eco-friendly. So we've got some people coming in, which is lovely. Do you have regulars who come in? We do. We have a lot of them as well. Um, they all know us by name and we all know them by name. Um, and nine times out of ten, I can tell you exactly what they're about to order as well. They have very, very specific things that they like. Um, and it's really great to see them. Um, and... Yeah, it's just nice to have that community around us, not just the arcade community and the arcade family, but the family of people that love our shop and keep coming in because they like hanging out with us. Envis, you're a regular here at Bird and Blend. Tell me why you like coming here. 
and what's special about the place? Uh, I it's just a very nice place to come because the people are lovely it does amazing tea and it has the biggest selection of flavored matches in Europe and yeah so I always get a matcha when I come here uh favorite is probably uh the pina colada matcha because it's nice and fruity and goes really well with coconut milk and and matcha has an enzyme in it that means it releases the caffeine slower so you don't get the hit that you do for coffee and I used to drink way too much coffee and it was bad for my heart so it's much better for me this is. So you're healthier and happier here would you why would you recommend someone to come who hasn't been here why would you recommend they come? Uh, I would always recommend people come here. I make sure I bring many of my friends here just because uh, it's just a lovely place to be and the people who work here are so lovely and inclusive and it just it's such a, a welcoming feel with great tea so you can't imagine a much better place to invite people. Okay, we're going on to the tastings. So we, when we come in on the tour, we tend to have two tastings and then we sit down and have a cup of the Welsh cake kutch, which is always great. We sit down and have a chat with our Welsh cake. What have you got for us today? So today I have actually two of my favourites because they are the easiest ones for me to talk about. <laughs> um, so the first one that we're going to try is our Moondrop Dreams, um, which is a rooibos, just like the Welsh cake kutch, which then has lavender and fermented lemon peel. Um, it's a really great one to have before bed because it's naturally caffeine-free and has those more lavendery kind of like aspects. Um, I've done this one as a latte style. Um, so it's a common misconception that latte refers specifically to coffee, but it just refers actually to the milk content. Um, so this is a very concentrated tea, almost like an espresso shot, um, which we've topped up with hot steamy milk. So this one is very kind of floral. Um, when you have it as a latte style, it's very kind of creamy. I would almost compare it to like Horlicks in the fact it's very malty and comforting, um, but you have those kind of like zingy lemon notes on top of there as well. Um, if you have this one without the milk though, and you have it cold, it's almost reminiscent of like a gin and tonic because it's very botanical, um, which is the reason why I love it. I think I'll have to try both. Okay, yeah, so to me, a tasting it, hang on, I'm gonna go again. Yeah, I like it. I definitely agree with the Horlicks. Uh, and I love the idea of trying it as an alternative to a gin and tonic. Havrid, as we say in Welsh, or Lush. Okay, next one. So our next one we're going to try is very, very different. We're doing a complete 360. Um, one of the great things about having so many blends of tea is there's stuff that's so wildly different um, that you can definitely find something that you like, even if you're not a tea lover. Um, but this one is our blueberry and peach, which we've cold brewed in lemonade. Um, so cold brewing is a process in which you're using time as your brewing factor rather than heat. Um, so you're not like adding your hot boiling water to make it brew. You're just leaving it to sit in that liquid that you want it to cold brew into for at least four hours and you're going to get loads of really delicate flavours coming out with that. Um, but this one in particular has loads of freeze-dried peach, it has blueberry, um, and it also has butterfly blue pea flower, um, which is a really cool flower, which actually is a natural blue dye. Um, so this is a really beautiful purple blend, and it looks just like blueberry squash. Well, every time I come in, you say, when I come in, you learn a new word of Welsh. I learn a new name of a plant or a flower. This is amazing. OK, we're going to try this. So this is a dark purpley colour. This one's super fruity, very, very zingy, very fresh. Um, it's good for anyone who's a big fan of kind of like Ribena, those kind of squash pop kind of things, um, but they want to get away from the sugar because um, you don't have any added sugar in this. And we've just done it in diet lemonade. Um, so really kind of fresh, 
definitely fruity, very, very strong. This is so gorgeous. And as you say, uh, no sugar, which is lovely, no added sugar. Um, you obviously enjoy your job. Tell me what you enjoy about it. I enjoy feeling like I'm part of a community or a community, if you want to put it that way. Uh, That's dreadful. Yeah, I know, I know. But the tea puns are what we live for. Um, so, yeah, it's feeling like I'm part of something. So whether that be part of the community that we have here in Castle Arcade, um, the community of tea lovers that we have, which we call the Brew Society, or even as like store managers in general, the community and camaraderie between us is really lovely to be a part of. And it's great to be a part of a company that's growing as ethically as it can while still having this kind of like friendly, fun, holistic look on business. Thank you so much, Georgia Diachomau. Thank you. You're very welcome. That's it for now. Thanks for listening, Dioch Amrando. A big thank you to Neris, Caroline, Bianca, Rania and Georgia for joining me today. If you fancy making some Welsh cakes or barabrith, our recipes are in the notes, including the one that Neris and I forgot. Happy cooking. Make sure you enjoy them with a nice cup of tea, pan et day. As usual, there are links in the description about all of today's venues. Until the next time, Tana Tronessa. Many thanks. This has been a Waffle original audio production for Loving Welsh Food. Audio production by Alfie Arnold for Waffle. Original musical score by kind permission Peter Cronin. Copyright 2023, Loving Welsh Food and Waffle Audio.